0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper
1: Hand Fantasy podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with uh, none other than Zach Prescott, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. Happy Halloween, everybody. Zach is dressed up as Dak. Splitting image of Dak Prescott over here. Wearing number four. Dak did look kind of good yesterday though.
0: Kinda did his thing. Yeah. Kinda. No, I, I liked it. I liked what I saw yesterday.
1: Yeah, you know, no, I mean, for sure. He was looking he was looking like a good quarterback. He looked like his his uh his hand injury, his thumb injury is in the past at this point. Hmm. Uh so you know, it was good to see. If you're a Cowboys fan like yourself, that was good to see.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Offense was back on track. Good for fantasy too. I mean, every everything was clicking right for the Cowboys offense. I was a little disappointed that CD Lamb didn't get any more really points after that touchdown catch, but um, you know, we'll let it, we'll let it slide just this one time, you know. Yeah. They I, up wasn't, four nine.
1: I wasn't so high on CD Lamb going into this week just because I thought that the game script didn't wouldn't wouldn't lend itself to that. But, you know, the Bears look good, man. And we're, we're going to talk about Justin Fields in a little bit. Yeah. But uh he looked good as good as well. So, um a lot of crazy performances in week 8. First of all, not a whole lot of injuries, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. This is a very light injury week. Cooper Cup, you know, he did have an ankle injury uh, very, very late in that game. We don't really know how serious it is. It doesn't look too serious. It looks like a low ankle sprain. That's what a lot of people are kind of saying. And hopefully he'll be good to go this week. But other than that, not really not really many, many injuries to really worry about in terms of at least the, the fantasy-relevant players that we know. So that's All good. Right. And on top yeah. of that, we had like... A ton of ridiculous fantasy performances. We just posted up on Instagram all the crazy performances. Alvin Kamara, 42.8 fantasy points. Christian McCaffrey, 40.3 fantasy points. A.J. Brown, 39.6. And this is obviously PPR. A.J. Mm -hmm. Brown, 39.6 with his three touchdowns. Derrick Henry, 35.8 with his 200 rushing yards. DeAndre Hopkins, 33.9. Tony Pollard, 33.7 with his three touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, he had three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, how many touchdowns did Alvin Kamara had Two? Two touchdowns. Uh, from him, right? No,
0: he had three total touchdowns. He had a rush. He had three two, also. Two receiving. That's, yeah. that's right. Oh a lot goodness. of hat tricks. Deontay Foreman had Deontay a hat Foreman. trick. Deontay Foreman, like three touchdowns. They were everywhere.
1: <laughs> Tyreek <laughs> Hill, no touchdowns, but still 31 and a half fantasy points. Jalen Waddell had two touchdowns, 30.6 fantasy points. And DJ Moore, with the game tying, not the game winning yeah. touchdown, unfortunately, he gave the Panthers a tie but he took away the win. Yeah,
0: you you, you <laughs> can you can take your helmet off in that fashion when it's the Minneapolis Miracle. You know, Stefan Diggs, you know, they had right. a more than that they, they weren't tying the game, that was to take the lead. That was a go ahead touchdown. Um that's going to no come back time, to the Panthers.
1: With no time left on the clock, you know, you know, and yeah. and you know, listen, if you don't need the extra point, sure. But it, so if you don't know what we're referring to, and I'm sure you guys do, but if you don't know what we're referring to, DJ Moore had an amazing. First of all, P.J. Walker rolling out of the pocket, making a great throw to D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore got, got got away with a little bit of a push off. You know, if you saw the play, you know what I'm talking about. He pushed yeah. off the linebacker a little, just a little bit. But hey, he caught the touchdown to tie the game. He, they were down by six, so that touchdown tied the game. They needed an extra point to win it. Obviously, he took his helmet off with some time left on the clock, and you're not allowed to do that. You're going to get a pe- penalty. So it was a 15 yard penalty, that extra point turned into a 48 yard field goal. And uh, of course, right, APR. you know that he was you know that he was going to miss that one, right? Like yeah. this is you knew that as soon as he took his helmet off, he was going to miss it. And and that's what happened. Uh so, you know, the Panthers ended up going to overtime and they ended up losing in overtime, unfortunately. But uh, it was good to see some, you know, good fantasy performances from that team. You know, I think not having Baker Mayfield definitely helps, Uh, you know, (laughs) DJ Moore, like he had 11 targets in this game, caught six of them for 152 yards uh, and that touchdown. Deontay Foreman, 26 carries for 118 yards and three touchdowns. So we officially have some fantasy relevance on this team. Now, there was no Chuba Hubbard, right? They gave all the work to Deontay Foreman, and he did his thing big time. And, uh, you know, I would imagine that this performance – after this performance, he becomes the one favored in that backfield by this coaching staff even when Chuba's Hubbard. Chuba's Hubbard. Chuba's when Hubbard. Chuba's
0: healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I just think it's crazy going off of what we're saying with DJ Moore. Um, I think DJ Moore, maybe he took his – you know, he's been having a bad fantasy. Maybe he took his helmet off. He knew that they would miss the extra point just to buy his fantasy manager some extra time on the field. You know, maybe catch a <laughs> couple more passes. You know, you pad his stats a little bit to make up for what we were missing while Baker Mayfield was that quarterback. I think that might have been, you know, an underlying motive there. But with Deontay Foreman, you know, I think that he definitely bought himself um, some extra time, some extra work in his backfield. Where before it was Chuba Hubbard, you know, it was his show before he went down with that injury. I think that Deontay Foreman is going to be a bigger part of the rotation uh, moving forward. And we're still not sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't think Chuba Hubbard's going to miss next week or miss time, but we'll see how things go. Maybe if Deontay Foreman gets another shot and another crack at being the number one again like he was last week. I'd expect maybe not similar numbers, but he seems like a really safe option, even though the offense is bad. But it's not a dumpster fire, like we said two weeks ago. So that that's encouraging.
1: It might not be. I mean, maybe it's because of the the the, the fact that they played against Atlanta. But, you know, they played against the Bucs two weeks ago, and they looked yeah. okay. Um, you know, they didn't score a ton of points against the Bucks, but, you know, at least they showed some, you know, semblance of, uh, an NFL team, an NFL yeah, offense, right? Right.
0: Competence uh, is what we're looking for at this point.
1: <laughs> even Terrence Marshall came alive. You know, like we don't even know he he was alive at all in the NFL. You know, nine yeah. targets for him, four catches for 87 yards. And this is interesting because Marshall was a, a pretty good prospect coming out of LSU. And the fact that he is finding some relevance is worth taking note of, right? With the departure of Robbie Anderson, he is now the starter opposite DJ Moore. You know, he played with Joe Burrow at LSU they put up some big numbers together. You know, there was three wide receivers who had very fantasy relevant seasons in 2018. It was it 2019 with Burrow, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. Um, who am I missing here? Um, uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, right? Yeah, I and think Terrence Jefferson Ter- was,
0: was Jefferson? Yep. Yeah, it was 2019. Yeah, you're right. Yep.
1: And then Terrace Marshall was the other guy, right? He played on the outside when Justin Jefferson was in the slot. Jamar Chase was on the outside. When Justin Jefferson left to the NFL, Terrace Marshall moved into the slot, and he continued to do his thing, right on an offense yep. that really wasn't that good, you know, especially the passing offense. So, worth taking a note on Terrace Marshall as somebody who, you know, what? To be honest with you, I was high on coming into the into the league. Uh, I was high on him. I, I liked his game, but you know, as a rookie, he didn't do anything. He couldn't crack the roster. He couldn't crack the starting lineup. He couldn't. Cra- he couldn't see the field. You know, so yeah. despite him having a pretty good preseason coming into last year. So that was that was kind of interesting. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about a couple other things here. Um, Travis Etienne, 24 yeah. carries, 156 yards and a touchdown. He also caught three targets in this game. He's a RB1 rest of the season pretty easily. There's going to be yeah. conversations about where 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 in that top 12 is he. Right. But like, you know, if you rank him in the top six, top seven, top eight, you know, you you can't get a lot of pushback at this point. The fact that you know James Robinson, you know, is not on this team anymore, and Doug Peterson, you know, gave him twenty seven opportunities in this game, and this and this offense was driven by Travis Etienne against against the Broncos uh, in London. So, right. what are your thoughts on on Etienne after seeing his big performance this week? With you know, not only getting the, getting the yards, getting the production, but now getting a monster monster type of workload.
0: Uh, This is what we were waiting for, you know, (laughs) with Travis Etienne. And we kind of called this a little bit. We said that it was starting to shift even with James Robinson there. But James Robinson leaving just solidified that workload. It is the perfect storm, especially where he was drafted, you know, for him being a league winning running back. And if you traded for him before James Robinson left, you know, you're even happier because the offense is heavily, if not exclusively reliant on Travis Etienne producing to move the ball. Outside of Travis Etienne, there was nothing impressive, nothing even like encouraging about this offense. If Travis Etienne wasn't playing, Jacksonville wouldn't have put up any points, I don't think. So he's the engine of the offense. He's really, you know, the only thing that's working for the Jaguars right now. I think that the Jaguars can get better because we saw what they were doing to open the year when they went two and one in the first three games, and the offense didn't look that bad. And we had a bunch of guys contributing. But it's now just kind of been dumbed down. to Okay, let's give the ball to Travis Etienne 25, 26 times a game, you know. And and then we'll let him do his thing. And that's perfect for fantasy. But um, I think that the offense goes as Travis Etienne goes. He's going to have big days regardless because this was a good, you know, Denver defense. And they looked like the Denver defense. It's not like they're missing too many guys They have all the players that they need. Um, I, I think that Travis Etienne is going to tear it up. You know, this was a good defense, like I said. So if he goes against someone that isn't Denver's defense, he could be in for even more monster days. Um, I would say, yes, you have him ranked as a top 10 running back easily. And I think that's his floor. You know, you say RB1 would be top 12. I think top 10 is where he should be at the lowest. You know, I think that it would be a little bit uh, pessimistic to say that he's anything less than top 10.
1: Now, you mentioned something. You said that this offense goes – as ETN goes, that sounds kind of familiar from so- something that somebody said yesterday. And I forget, Oh, you know what? It was Jerry Jones. Oh, that right. Guy. Yeah. Him. It was Jerry Jones. <laughs> Tony Pollard absolutely went off in relief of Zeke Elliott, 14 carries for 131 yards and a hat trick, three touchdowns. And, and he didn't get a ton of work. You know, no. first of all, the game was over kind of quickly, you know, but Malik Davis, you know, he he was brought up from the practice squad. He was pretty involved, right, on early downs. And mm-hmm. he also got some working garbage time late. Like, he got, like, you know, four or five carries late in that game uh, once that game was pretty much over, and that didn't matter. But, of course, after the game, Jerry Jones had to come out and say that the Cowboys goes <laughs> as Zeke goes. Yeah. And it, what, what does that mean? It pretty much means that there's not going to be a change in this backfield when Zeke comes back in terms of usage and at least that that that's what he wants and you know he's the boss at the end of the day right mike mccarthy Mm -hmm. is going to like you you know listen to what jerry says that's 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 his boss right and i i'd imagine the split you know being relatively close like before this past week you know Pollard was on the field a little bit more but zeke was a little bit banged up you know even with zeke out of this game pollard only saw 53 percent of the snaps right and Mm -hmm. It sucks because he's just a damn good running back, right? And he got yeah. it done regardless, not seeing that 90% snap share. Um, but the good thing is at least they used him as the primary guy inside the 10. So he got the snaps you wanted him to get. He had the big play for the touchdown. So that 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 you know that was great to see. But we knew that he had it in him. Uh, but it does kind of suck that we won't be able to, you know, really put his talent, you know, to use if Zeke is healthy.
0: Yeah, and you're really only going to see this performance once as well, you know, I think the rest of the season, assuming Zeke stays healthy because they are going on by. So any chance of Zeke maybe missing time next week, you know, just in case it's out the window. Um, it's really infuriating because we just saw what Tony Fowler can do. And like you said, only 15 opportunities. He puts up thirty-three point seven PPR points. Like he's just a machine. You know, he can catch it, he can run it, and he's much more explosive if you watch him just yesterday get through the holes. He gets there 10 times faster. And then that long touchdown at the end of the game, Zeke gets caught up in the traffic and he's getting tackled behind the line on that play. Tony Pollard has a second gear that Zeke doesn't have. He's shifty. He's just, you know, a perfect running back that Jerry Jones is going to continue to bury with Zeke because he paid Zeke all that money. That's the only thing. I think I have my my sights set on next season. I, I I think Tony Pollard's done enough that I think that the Cowboys can cut their losses with Zeke. They have an out in his contract coming up this offseason. My sights are set on 2023 for Tony Pollard. But this is, you know, Tony Pollard is the elite handcuff, you know, in the NFL.
1: 100%. 100%. Um, and, you know, I was going to call Zeke a cash cow, but he's not even a cash cow because a cash cow, you know, I looked it up. I looked, I looked up what a cash cow means. A cash cow. The definition actually means that you're getting a return from that cash cow. <laughs> So all but the, all they're doing with Zeke is just giving him a
0: lot more than what he's given you, unfortunately. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna fight that. It, 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 he's Zeke, the thing about Zeke is he's he's a good running back. He he could pick up a blitz, but who pays a guy to you don't pay a running back 90 million dollars on a contract to pick up the blitz, you know. Right. That's, That's more the than point. they're paying any other lineman. So it's like, come on, like, what That's are you doing? Yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh Cortland Sutton, man, he has been on a bad streak lately. And, and Jerry yeah. Judy coming on a little bit too. Like Judy caught six or seven targets for 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh Sutton caught one ball for 13 yards. He's on a he's on a three-game streak right now where it's not it hasn't been looking good for him. Right. Mm-hmm. You can chalk it up to a couple bad matchups, but this wasn't really a bad matchup, right? Like Sutton yeah. should have came through in this game. Um, and he didn't, right? Like Russ was all over the place. He had good moments. He had bad moments. He had terrible moments. He had really good moments. And he was just all over the place in this game. However, you know, you're disappointed with Sutton. What are you mm-hmm. doing with Sutton right now? You know, are you looking to move him? Are you worried about him? uh Well, we're obviously worried. I think that, that that's not even the question. It's more like, what are you doing with him? Are you holding him until he has a good game, are, and then you're selling him at that point? Or are you just holding out hope that he's going to eventually? come through and do what he was doing for the first several weeks of the season.
0: I'd be looking to hold and then sell at the next good game, you know, if assuming Jerry Judy doesn't get moved by tomorrow in a trade. I don't right. think Jerry Judy's going to get moved because you know, I think the Broncos were just grasping for straws and if Jerry Judy's what worked for this game to get them a win, they're not going to let that walk out of the building. You know, I think they're just like going to take whatever's working for them now and stick with that and that's what it's going to be. So I'd expect Jerry Judy to actually be, you know, Um, a a decent factor moving forward. I I think Cortland Sutton, we're seeing that whatever connection there was with Russell Wilson at the beginning of the season, it's not really there at this point anymore. And he's not getting the quality targets that he was getting at the beginning of the season. He air yards are down. He's just not doing Cortland Sutton things. You know, he looks like he is a good receiver, but Russell Wilson's been all over the place. There's been a lot of volatility. Um, Other guys have come up and gone down. You know, KJ Hamler, um, outproduce Cortland Sutton at this point I, that's you know inexcusable I think that Cortland Sutton I don't want to say he's met his ceiling you know but it looks like whatever upside we were projecting you know we thought this would be a really good offense obviously that's out the window at this point but it, I thought maybe Cortland Sutton would be able to be you know one of the things that keeps uh, Denver's offense a little bit relevant it seems like they're just kind of letting him out to dry which I said you know a couple of weeks ago you know He's not going to leave you out to dry, even in a bad game. That's what he's done the past three weeks. I- I'd look to sell him um, as soon as he has a good game. Because at this point, he's not reliable week to week anymore. Greg Dulcich is outproducing him right now, right? Uh,
1: four for 87 this week, right? Six for 50, 51 on nine targets the week before. So Dulcich is like, you know, coming on as a rookie. And he's looking like a pretty good dynasty asset at this point, like probably top 12 tight end in dynasty, you know, at this point already just through a couple games in his career. Um, So, you know, he should be picked up and he should be started, you know, as a low end tight end one right now. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what else we have. And and let's talk about Kyle Pitts. Okay. He came through this week, right? A lot of people probably benched him, right? I would have. And, you know, there is a silver lining, though. Like, maybe you can finally trade him. Like, I'm not holding out hope on this passing offense and anything being dependable from it, you know, when it comes to calipets especially this season. Uh, looking, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to sell after a good game to a team who doesn't have a good tight end. Like, somebody who's streaming, somebody who could use some upside. I'm selling him right now. Like, I just I just can't depend on it. Like, from, for, this is not a Dynasty take. Like, Dynasty, I, I love the guy. Like, I, he's like one of the best Dynasty assets to me. However, for redraft, like I don't trust the situation. I look at this as a blessing.
0: Yeah. No, this is a blessing. And this is the thing that you have going for you. So I I think Kyle Pitts can continue to do his thing. You know, I I think that he's looked a little bit better. The offense has been a little bit better these past few weeks, but we've seen what he can be, you know, when he's not catching touchdowns, which is pretty bad. Um, This is a blessing because, like I said, he's, I said this a little bit before the podcast, but he's had two passable weeks. You know, so now he's looking like an asset, a tight end that you can start each week, you know, and not have to worry about him just putting up one catch. Or was it, he was notorious. He put up like 3.9 points like three times this season, exactly on the dot. Um, This is, I think, the opportunity to sell right now. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot in return for him. I mean, it's not like he's ballooned his value to the point where he's going to be like this nice trade piece, but I think that he's now tradable where before he wasn't.
1: Yeah, you couldn't move him at all. Like even in a package, like nobody wanted him.
0: Yeah. However, even
1: during like some bad stretches, I've got a lot of a lot of questions about whether you know we should he people should be buying him right? And people were moving him and buying him left and right, where like the hope really wasn't there, right? And if you bought him and you and you and you started him this week, great. But I don't think that this is something that's dependable. So I would I would try to move on if I can. Yeah, there are other options like on the waiver wire that you can potentially pick up and start and get better success than Kyle Pitts for the rest of the season.